Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode, that is Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Today's question comes from Collins in Alabama. He says, hi, Victor. How does an investor or property owner identify the best use and development potential or highest long-term cash flow opportunity for a particular property? Last year, we purchased a two-acre piece of land with over 400 feet of commercial road frontage in one of the fastest-growing areas of the country. Comps in the area show anywhere from $8 per square foot for vacant parcels with less road frontage and up to $30 per square foot on out parcels for a nearby Publix grocery store, currently under construction and opening this summer. Certainly, we are not a primary or secondary market, but perhaps tertiary since it's outside Mobile, Alabama, and in the path of growth. Nevertheless, the opportunities are vast and endless. In what direction should we look to best determine the land's most lucrative use? Well, Collins, this is a great question. When it comes to land use, there's no substitute for just talking to people and getting their input and ideas. The value of the land is certainly tied to what you can do with it. So the first thing I would do is look at what the local government would like to see in that location. The current zoning will reflect the current use and will usually offer little guidance. That current zoning is a little like looking in the rearview mirror. The official plan, on the other hand, is a forward-looking document which should outline the growth plans for the area. It often specifies where they want to locate the residential neighborhoods and where they plan the major arterial roadways. For example, on a primary road, the road allowance will be much wider to allow for more lanes and future widening of the road, should that be required. The second factor is access. The authorities will want to limit access on major streets. The worst thing you can do for traffic is put lots of driveways that can slow down traffic and create safety issues. So major arterial roads will limit access, and that in turn will limit what you might be able to do with your land. You won't see single-family homes on a major arterial with tons of driveways, and you won't see a Walmart very deep inside a residential neighborhood. Only certain things will be allowed in certain locations. Next thing to examine is what the market is asking for. That requires deep local knowledge. It requires a detailed analysis of supply and demand metrics in a number of different areas. Maybe there's a shortage of retail, or storage, or medical office, or senior housing. You'll need to look at each of these individually. A great learning tool is to look at the history of development applications in the local area over the past couple of years. These pre-existing zoning applications are a matter of public record. They contain a wealth of information. The more you spend time looking at those pre-existing zoning applications, the more you will learn. You may discover certain zoning applications that were submitted that got denied, that got turned down. question is why? What happened that those great ideas never got to see the light of day? You can also look at those development applications to see what was required. There's, again, a wealth of information, and you'll learn a lot just by looking at what other people have done. A two-acre property with 400 feet of frontage is a well-proportioned property. The depth is just over 200 feet, but you want to pay close attention to the zoning rules and any easements, as well as the common practice for the area to see how projects are constructed. You might find the neighboring properties have a very deep setback from the road. Let's say if all of the neighboring properties have a 60-foot setback from the road, then chances are good you'll need at least a similar setback. So the question is, what do you want to do with the property? Do you plan on developing the property yourself, or do you plan on simply getting the entitlement and then selling the newly entitled land to someone else who will take it through the next phase in the development process? 
The demand for finished product can be very different from the demand for development land. When entitling land, you need to go to your end buyer. You need to know who your end buyer is going to be. I've seen many examples of land being entitled and then just sitting there undeveloped because the presumed buyer didn't materialize. Some zoning changes have a shelf life. That is to say that once your zoning has been granted, you might have a defined time period with which to break ground. Otherwise, your zoning will expire and revert back to the previous zoning. Now, when I say zoning, that also applies to a site plan application. You may not necessarily be changing the zoning, but even a site plan application may have a shelf life associated with it. The second factor to consider is whether you will have access to all the utilities you need to complete the project. Sometimes, if your property is near a municipal boundary, you may need to annex the property into the city in order to gain access to the city services. And finally, we look at the neighboring parcels to see if a land assembly would make sense. Sometimes a property is difficult to develop on its own. The addition of a second or third parcel can open up possibilities that weren't visible before. For example, maybe your idea would bring a higher level of density and that would require a secondary access for fire safety. The addition of another parcel might give you that access on a second street, which would enable the higher density that you are looking for. See, there's both an art and a science to developing highest and best use of a property. The science part's fairly easy to document in the process. The art requires creativity and a ton of exploration. I want to thank you, Collins, for a great question. And for the listeners at home, have a fabulous rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.